0: It's time for blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer.
1: Fire, score!
0: My guest today is a returning guest. He is the producer and host of the Soccer Academy, now in its third production season. Antonio Suave takes viewers on a journey of some of the most interesting tourist destinations on the planet with the goal of Peace Through Soccer Initiative. He's a former collegiate and pro soccer player who has great insights on football, as it's called internationally. We'll talk also about uh, the Women's World Cup, uh, where Spain clinched the title. Uh, we have some uh, things to say about that as well, but I'd like to welcome my friend Antonio Suave to Bless the Play. Antonio, welcome.
1: It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me back on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, let's talk about the Soccer Academy. I know this uh, broadcasts weekly on LA TV network platform in over 40 cities. And uh, this is hot off the press. You're, it, this will be on display at this year's MIPCOM Cannes, France's largest gathering of TV and entertainment executives. Uh, so you're going to have the show in front of a lot of um, pushers and movers, as they say. And uh, I want you to talk about the Soccer Academy. I know you've filmed this in many countries, including Morocco, who had a great performance in, in the Women's World Cup. But talk about what you've learned through this, what your goal is, to use a soccer term, and bringing the Soccer Academy international. Right.
1: Well, you know, the Soccer Academy, thanks be to God, we started actually producing the shows in 2003 And we we went on a few hiatuses, if you will, uh, throughout this process. And we're now in our third production season, as you said. And what's been great about it, first and foremost, is that it has become a real good tool for spreading a message of peace through soccer around the world. Uh And the Soccer Academy is co-produced by our nonprofit foundation, the Global Foundation for Peace Through Soccer. So together, what we're able to do is we're able to uh, deliver free soccer instruction, free food, free medical screenings, and free soccer equipment to underprivileged children Mm -hmm. around the world. So we combine the activity of the foundation with the activity of the soccer television show uh, to create something that I think is really helping some of the children in various parts of the globe And you mentioned Morocco, which happens to be the place where we filmed our last three episodes, the last one being the Atlas Mountain region of Morocco, so the Atlas Mountain region of North Africa. But we were also able to conduct three separate soccer clinics in the cities of Marrakech and Safi, as well as one specifically for girls. And I think, you know, what what we're able to do both through the show as well as through the foundation is to boost self-esteem. You know, one of the great things that we try to do is encourage uh, these young people and let them know that they're not alone. Let them know that they're not just a number and inform them that, you know, someone really cares, but most importantly, God cares about them. So we're never shy about introducing the Lord into these scenarios, even, you know, if and when we're in, Muslim countries and we're in sometimes very challenging scenarios. We filmed in Jerusalem with a group of Palestinian soccer players and Israeli Jewish soccer players on the same field. We filmed in Damascus, Syria just prior to the outbreak of the civil war. We filmed in Amman, Jordan in, you know, on the outskirts of some Palestinian refugee camps. So certainly, you know, we've been in some challenging environments. And I think we've been able to bring the story to viewers here in the United States and let them know, hey, not only are there children who are living in these very difficult circumstances and situations, but there's also something that, in our own little way, we can do to help.
0: What's interesting about your show is that you don't try—you're an American, obviously, but you don't try to Americanize the sport. You go into the culture. I think you have some— you even take on some culinary type of uh, situations, too, where you dive into that. But you take the culture where you're at, integrating soccer, but also trying to teach these kids virtue through the game.
1: Absolutely. Virtue, you know, is a fundamental component of, of the soccer television show. But you're right. Really, it's a log adventure show whereby we share the sights sounds, and smells of different countries around the world. And, of course, then we integrate uh, soccer into this entire scenario. So what we're doing is really we're helping to expose people to different cultures, different lifestyles, uh, and different views, but always from an angle of mutual respect Mm -hmm. and decency and goodness, Mm -hmm. right? So celebrating all that which is good about different cultures. So, for instance, when we do a food insert in places such as Morocco, of course, you know, you're talking about the wonderful uh, food items that they offer, not only you know, locally in, in Morocco, but also abroad, and that's things like couscous and, and uh, this magnificent, magnificent meal they make called tagine. So, you know, what we would like to do is present a well-rounded, balanced scenario. But again, most importantly, what we're doing is we're educating, we're showing people that you know there's a lot of inherent beauty to culture around the world and and that inherent beauty that intrinsic beauty comes from god mm-hmm. it doesn't just come from nowhere so you know i think instead of looking at the world through a lens that is really largely adversarial if you look at you know some other uh some other programs you know occasionally what they'll do is uh they'll 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 point out uh, some of the divisions that exist. And what we really try to do is point out that which we have in common. So that's why the program itself, as well as the foundation, all of it is based on uh, common decency and respect. And we show that to the kids, whether, you know, they're in very underprivileged situations or, you know, in more advantageous scenarios. But uh, really we try to treat people as members of the same human family. And I think that goes a long way.
0: Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Antonio Suave. He's the producer and host of The Soccer Academy. He played a competitive soccer during his lifetime at the collegiate level and some pro soccer as well. And when we talk about the Catholic faith, we'll talk about the universality of it. So, it it goes beyond just uh, one or two countries, it, it, it aspects of every country, pretty much. And you've seen this in your work going to different countries. Talk about the disposition of uh, the children, the youth. How do they build up pride? Uh, is, is there a sense of pride that they have through soccer for their own country?
1: Well, you know, you're actually hitting the nail on the head here because what happens in a lot of these countries uh, where – there are, let's say there's, there are some challenges from a socioeconomic standpoint. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes the coach, the figure of the coach, the coaching figure is very authoritarian. And of course we just came across this right in, in some of the Middle East, North African countries we've been dealing with and they're not accustomed to building the player up, encouraging the player and using, you know, a series of tools and mechanisms to make the, 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 the player uh, proud right in a, in a good way proud so really a lot of what we do apart from doing the training on the field for the for, for the children in these countries we're also mentoring the coaches mm-hmm. and the mentoring of the coaches not that they need mentoring from a soccer perspective because really a lot of these guys are are, are very good you know on their own some of them are many of them are former professional players they know how to they certainly know how to play the game, but when it comes to teaching the game, it's a whole different story mm-hmm. because it's not just a matter of teaching the techniques or teaching the tactics, but it's also uh, important to understand how to positively motivate the children and really to steer them away from things such as extremism and violence and drugs. So, so you know, our programs, our programming both on the field as well as through the show, helps to encourage these children to, to, to know and understand that they're loved by God, that they're important, that they're significant. And yes, a certain degree of what they do comes from that positive pride in the game of soccer, but that has to be transmitted to the coaches, the administrators, and the parents who often uh, don't encourage the players. And that's really largely what ends up happening. So when you look at the leave-behinds, you look at the deliverables that we have, oftentimes it takes that form, right? Because otherwise it would be like an entity going into a foreign country, popping up a tent, saying, uh, the circus is here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to share a few things with you, and then we're on our way. That's the antithesis of really what we want to accomplish or achieve. What we want to leave behind is, you know, sharing the love of God, but also sharing those positive uh, elements and attributes that have to do with encouraging and uplifting other members of the human family.
0: Now, I think I, I would think as a producer and host uh, of a show of this kind, and you're not out just to shoot it to just to make a TV show. I mean, there's a purpose to it, obviously, from what you just conveyed to us. But I would think that you would like to have some correspondence with maybe the young people that have been through the soccer academy, so to speak, or an episode. Have you had that dialogue once you leave from shooting a respective episode and go back? Uh, Is there some communication that takes place?
1: Oftentimes there is. As a matter of fact, you know, these uh, last three episodes that we did in the country of Morocco, which just ended at the end of March of this year, um, as well as, you know, what we did through the free soccer clinics and and free camps uh, last year in Marrakesh and Safi in Morocco, We've had ongoing dialogue, correspondence, and even some follow-up trips through some of our coaches. So we'll continue to share, you know, and, and, and thankfully today with some of the technology we have, you know, you're able to do this a lot more frequently and cost-effectively than mm-hmm. if you were able to do it, let's say, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, today you can jump on a, a Skype call or a, a Zoom call or, you know, a WhatsApp call, which, which is what most of them prefer. And uh, we continue to share our ideas, uh, our views, and and, and certainly many of the strategies that we utilize with these children, especially as the children grow. Because there's a way that, you know, we coach children at a young age and then uh, really between the ages of 9 and 13. And then after the age of 13, 14, they start to get into a more competitive structure. So uh, that's how we like our coaches also to progress. Right, we 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 want them to focus on the fun of the game and the beauty of the game uh, at at the younger ages. Not that we don't focus on that anymore when they're older, but we don't want them to to, to concentrate on what the score of the game is, mm-hmm. you know. And invariably, you find that here, just as you find it abroad, the kids love to play scrimmages and they want to keep score, <laughs> you know. So what what <laughs> what we're trying to do is certainly let them know that there's a whole heck of a lot more to the game than just uh, keeping score.
0: Yeah, I did as well. I always loved to keep score, even when I was at my youngest age competing. All right, we're going to take a break, but I want to talk about uh, national pride. You know, when I watched this uh, 2023 World Cup and I saw teams like South Africa Nigeria, Colombia, Morocco, Jamaica... I watched the national anthems of their respective countries, and these girls stood with pride. There was some posture. There was, they were belting out the tune, so to speak, a number of them were. But there was one country that didn't do that. I want to talk about that when Blessed to Play returns right after this. <laughs>
1: a prayer for the holy souls in purgatory. God, our Creator and Redeemer, by your power, Christ conquered death and returned to you in glory. May all your people who have gone before us in faith share his victory and enjoy the vision of your glory forever. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Antonio Suave. Knows the game of football internationally for sure and he's the uh, producer and host of the Soccer Academy. Uh, a journey of soccer internationally. He takes the sport of soccer, builds that cultural divide and teaches the game and films an episode for the Soccer Academy too in these various countries that he's shooting in. I want to talk, uh, you know, I, I teased it before we went to the break about World Cup 2023, and I talked about how, you know, these teams from the respective countries, when the anthem was played, stood proud by their posture. A lot of the girls were singing the country's anthem. Uh, Colombia, South Africa, Nigeria, Jamaica, Spain, even England. But I looked at the disposition, I remember this uh just made it a, an indelible mark in my mind when I looked at team USA and it was, I think three or four girls who had a posture of, you know, respect for the Anthem. They didn't have their heads down. Keep in mind, this is not a solemn prayer moment. This is the national Anthem. Some of the girls were even, you know, singing our national Anthem, but there's this team played distracted. In fact, their coach was sacked shortly after their disappointing loss in the World Cup. They wouldn't have went to the knockout stage if it was, if the Portuguese women didn't miss goal by, I think, uh, maybe an inch or two, Antonio, right? Uh, it, it wound up in a draw, so that pushed the, uh, the American team into the round of 16. Something was off with this team, and there was a few distractions we were going to talk about, but what was your take on the performance of the U.S. women's national team?
1: Well, you know, I just want to comment on one of the phrases that you used when you said it left an indelible mark. You know, of course, we use that to refer to our priests when, you know, they get this indelible mark. And of course, no matter what, they, they have it on their soul. And I think that it is analogous to a large degree with, with what happened here. And as you and I discussed a bit before the program, I said, you know, really what's lacking is... Uh, decency uh, respect and um, and and really just the understanding that we're not just there to represent ourselves but we're certainly there to represent our countries mm-hmm. so you know the epitome of that is what you see in that miracle on ice movie with with, with Kurt Russell when he says to the the uh, nineteen eighty u s Olympic hockey team. He says, you know, that name on the front is a heck of a lot more important than the name on the back. And I think we have to really incorporate that into our psyche. You know, that was something that we were proud of as, a, as Americans, right? To stand up to not only wear that shirt that said or says USA, but also to claim that, you know, to the world in the most positive of ways because we were able to spread a message not just of democracy and democratic principles, but everything that you know our republic stood for and stands for and I think that when you when you have a disrespectful uh, stance about you, a disrespectful posture, when uh, you you kneel not out of reverence for God during the national anthem, but you kneel out of disrespect, then what it does is it doesn't just denigrate the united states but what it does is it destroys the morale among your team members and i think that that's what you saw with some of the ladies who wanted to make a political statement by by doing what they did and not respecting the flag and not being patriotic in nature although they would tell you you know differently i Mm -hmm. think that what they did was not just hurt themselves but they hurt their teammates. And ultimately, you know, when, when, when you look at some of the players and uh, some of the comments they made afterward, they said that they lacked the appropriate confidence or swag. But, you know, <laughs> I don't think it's so much about that. I think that we can have confidence through humility, right? <laughs> There's a, we can have a very positive confidence or we can have an overbearing confidence confidence that turns into arrogance and, and and negative pride so when you're doing it when you're doing it in 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 a positive way and you're standing up for the country in a positive way and you're speaking positively to your teammates all of that has a great impact but think about it you know ron when you played sports or you know when i was playing competitively if you go into the locker room and you know you start yelling at your teammates invariably, it probably is not going to end up well, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to, all right, guys, we can, we can engage in some constructive criticism, but let's be one team, one unit, one family. That comes off on the field. You know, you can tell when a team is playing well together, when they're gelling, when they're doing things that are, uh, you know, as, as, as the old uh, Nike adage goes, you know, in the moment, Mm -hmm. Uh, in the zone and all of that other stuff. And that that's a very real thing, but it's real because you create an environment. So the posture is a reflection of the environment that you created. Mm -hmm. And if you created a negative environment, then you're going to find that posture on the field. And to me, that's what happened with this last world cup and our women, you know, and it's not that our, our women's teams are not great because they've been phenomenal over the years. And I go back, as I told you, to the 1999 Women's World Cup here in the United States when they won and they were the team that everyone loved to love, right? And, and, and I mean that in the most positive sense possible, of course. And what I'm saying there is that they conducted themselves with decency, honor, respect, and dignity, all right? And you got that. You didn't have to, you didn't have to interview the players to know that, although when you did interview them, it was a confirmation, but really what you were able to see, uh, you know, as we came out of that was this, this honor, dignity, respect, decency, and patriotism, you know, love for our country, Mm -hmm. love for our families, love for everything that we stood for. And they, uh, they exuded that, that, that positive form of confidence. Whereas I think that's different from what some of the players were advocating in this most recent women's world cup. And that is, you know, you almost have to have an edge about you, right? That doesn't mean you don't have to be competitive. We have to be competitive. Certainly when we're playing competitive sports, we're playing collegiate sports, we're playing professional sports. we got to be competitive for certain, and we have to play hard, right, mm-hmm. with, with uh, a, a, a certain degree of conviction, if you will. Do What we should not do is cross over into the realm of, of arrogance. And I think that, that that was the demeanor that I perceived, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, very well said. let to play Ron Meyer chatting with Antonio Suave, producer and host of the Soccer Academy. We're talking about uh, the World Cup 2023. I want to take this a step further, and normally I don't call out players on this show, but I'm going to have to because U.S. women's national team stars Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan have both publicly endorsed biological men identifying as transgender Playing women's sports. I mean, this throws Title IX upside down. And from a Christian perspective, it—never mind, just a Christian—Christian Christian perspective. It's just outlandish. But it's anti-woman as well. I mean, we have to get back. We have to get back to where we were. And I don't know what it's going to take. But our women's program, our country, is really in a crisis with this.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's exactly what you're saying, Ron, and really it's divided into two camps, although the two camps cross over, right? They intersect. Title IX is one side of that argument. The Christian side is the other side of the argument. And, of course, you know, on many, on many levels, in many ways, they're related. Just innately, you know, whether uh, the little girl is a Christian, a Muslim, or, uh, or has, you know, no official religion or faith, Generally speaking, the the girls that I'm coaching at that level don't want to compete against the boys. Mm -hmm. So when you put a biological male in the middle of that mix, right, it throws everything off and it is deeply offensive to Title IX. That's the thing I don't understand is how uh, Title IX officials haven't come forward and said, look, this was to protect female sports, not biological males who now identify as something else. Mm -hmm. God bless them, whatever the story is, I'm not trying to criticize them, but they don't belong in female sports because when you said they turn it upside down, it's no longer a female sport when Mm -hmm. you have biological males. Now we've seen it, you know, with swimmers and we've seen it in other sports and now it's beginning, beginning in soccer. And frankly, it's not just disrupting, uh, title nine, but it's defeating the very purpose that title IX was established for you know, and then certainly, when you cross over into the realm of, of you know, our Christian or Catholic Christian faith, uh, obviously, what we want to do is we want to protect uh, our, our children in these settings, right? They're already confused because they're being bombarded by negative imagery and negative messages across the board. Whether it's on television, it's on billboards, it's on the Internet, you name it. So it's already difficult for us as uh, Catholics and Christians to uh, to help our children decipher that which is truth, the truth of Christ. Uh, let alone when you've got these scenarios where, you know, a younger a younger child is perhaps identifying with another gender, that becomes deeply confusing. So, you know, from my perspective, there is a way to handle this. Title Nine was developed for a specific purpose to protect females in female oriented sports until a certain age and you know my belief is that you know you do this uh, even throughout the university level you keep biological males with biological males and the same with females and i don't see another way to do that because the other thing is it's a slippery slope mm-hmm. as you and i know very well you start to say all right this this male has taken enough puberty blockers so he's effectively crossed over into a certain realm and the other one hasn't how, how do you start making these distinctions
0: mm-hmm. yeah truly it's it's a complex issue no doubt but uh one that uh is pretty apparent for all of us who see it black and white there's two genders keep them separate and uh let them play sports, but uh, things have been complicated in recent times for sure. Well, Antonio Suave has been our guest. He's doing some great work, though, folks, uh, with his show, The Soccer Academy, and bringing you together internationally from all these different countries through the sport of soccer to learn virtue and to come together and just have fun like kids like to do, right? Antonio, thanks so much. I do appreciate the time for and uh, giving us a little critique about the, uh, the World Cup 2023 and also your show, The Soccer Academy. Best of luck, best wishes, and thank you for coming on Blessed to Play.
1: Thank you. God bless you, and thanks again.
0: Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed2play.com. You can like us on Facebook and hit us up on the platform X, formerly known as Twitter, at Blessed to Play. For Antonio Suave, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play you've been listening to blessed to play with host Ron Meyer on the ewTn global Catholic Network if you have a question or comment about today's show feel free to email us at info at blessed to that's blessed the number two play.com you can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. again that's blessed the number two play.com Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.